This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Initial news reveals that the jury, or a jury, has convicted the MySpace mom of three minor offenses for her role in an Internet hoax that apparently drove a 13-year-old girl to suicide, or might have been a contributing factor. The Los Angeles federal court jury on Wednesday rejected felony charges of accessing a computer without now, authorization. This was in Missouri or something. It's correct, but it was made into a federal case. In Los Angeles. It's crazy. It's correct. Uh, so... They rejected the felony charges of accessing a computer without authorization to inflict emotional distress on young Megan Meyer. However, the jury did find Lori Drew guilty of three counts of the lesser offense of accessing a computer without authorization. So there are apparently two offenses here. One is the felony of accessing a computer without authorization to inflict emotional distress, while the lesser offense is simply accessing a computer without authorization. What this will uh, do is open her up for a lawsuit, uh, you know, wrongful death suit from the family. Really? Yeah. Uh, now she's been convicted. Each count is punishable by up to one year in prison and a $100,000 fine. I presume that's up to a $100,000 fine. So at this point, the judge has not yet ruled on the sentence, but it could still be pretty significant, even though these are apparently not even felonies. That's pretty big for a hundred thousand dollars for a misdemeanor it is i mean a one year in prison is pretty pretty much the definition of a misdemeanor but the jurors couldn't reach a verdict on a conspiracy count prosecutors said drew violated myspace terms of service by conspiring with her young daughter and a business assistant to create a fictitious profile of a teen boy on the myspace social networking site to harass megan but my but violating myspace's uh rules of conduct or whatever is not a criminal offense right it's a breach of contract Right, and there's no real money changing hands, so there shouldn't be any sort of liability either. I mean, the, what the worst that should happen is she should have her privileges to use MySpace suspended. But here they are saying that she's accessed a computer without authorization. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. She bought the computer. How could she be accessing it without authorization? Right. It's her computer. Yeah, she connected to MySpace's server, and I guess you could I guess you could make the claim that she wasn't authorized to do so and that she was doing it fraudulently, but come on. I mean, the the whole idea that that anybody actually reads those terms of service on the MySpace, you know, on the various different websites they access is pretty uh, pretty absurd. Uh, secondly, it's absurd in that it's not an actual contract. When you're agreeing to the terms of service, you're not actually agreeing to uh, something that's countersigned. There's no real second party actually signing a contract there. So it seems to me like the entire thing is just completely illegitimate. But in the realm of the state, it doesn't really matter. They can set whatever rules they want to, and you'll obey or else. Doesn't it appear to you that maybe they did this and, and trumped up the charges a little bit just to look like they did something about it? Certainly that's what they did here. Yeah, and uh, clearly the jury found uh, this woman guilty on three counts of, again, accessing a, a computer without authorization. So I'm not sure what the the parameters are of that particular count, but the jurors were certainly convinced of it, whatever that means. And this could mean some pretty chilling things for the future of uh, of Internet access as, as far as people getting on websites and purporting themselves to be someone that they are not. 
As long as someone goes and hurts themselves over it, then there could be charges filed or maybe perhaps less. You know, maybe the bar will be lowered as far as the uh, the level of activity that is necessary in order to bring these charges against somebody. I think what the woman did was wrong and uh, she should face ostracism. She has. I, I think that uh, to some extent, um, you know, like a civil a civil suit, I think if they could prove something, you know, it, it, it would be fair in my mind if a civil suit was brought against her. But... Um, this doesn't make any sense. Sense this uh, cr- criminal? I don't see it. I guess it's good that she didn't get the felony charges, but it just seems like random chance that she didn't uh, get stuck with those three misdemeanor counts of accessing a computer without authorization. Guilty. So there you have it. Now we'll see what the judge hands down as uh, as a sentence in this particular case. Will this woman be given jail time over this? I mean, what was honestly just a prank? It was basically a prank. Did they know that she'd been treated for depression, this 13-year-old girl? They were friends of the family. I don't know that you can prove that, but... Not that it would matter anyway. It's nasty. I don't it, understand. It was nasty. It's stupid. Right. The suggestion here is that if you hurt somebody's feelings and they go off and do something to themselves about it, if you hurt their feelings, then you could be put in a jail cell. And I think it's pretty outrageous. We'd love to hear from you if you've got any comments on this at 1-800-259-9231. Do you think that the right thing's been done here? Should this woman be punished? 1-800-259-9231. Or should it be like Mark suggests, and she should just simply be ostracized by those who object to her behavior? And her behavior is reprehensible. It was certainly not a nice thing for her to do, not something that was very adult for her to be involved in. I mean, essentially, she was teaming up with her teenage daughter to cause strife in another teenage girl's life. I mean, it's pretty tacky. Young teen. I mean, we're not even talking, you know, 17. Right. We're here. talking 13 years old. Very tacky. So, uh, so yeah, let the market decide how to punish this woman. Please don't force all of us to pay to house her in a prison cell for apparently what could be up to three years in prison and $300,000 fine. Because I don't imagine she'd be very popular in her community these days. No, she's definitely been ostracized. I mean, people pr- uh, printed, put on the, the Internet the her address and all kinds of personal information about her, and you can better believe that resulted in some unsuspected backlash. Well, her husband lost, her jo- lost his job, from what I understand. Yeah, well, that's not fair. He didn't even have anything to do with it, but I guess you're married to her, so what do you get? Uh, so there you go. There's the latest on that case. Let's go to your phone calls. It's what the show's about. Paula is on the line in Florida. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Hi, hon. Hey. Um, I was listening about what you were saying, and she has to pay something. But, I mean, for this, I mean, when you take, when you spill somebody's blood, God says your blood's be spilt. But anyway, um, she need be reprehended for it, that's for sure. Well, she spilled her own blood, but yeah. it's unfortunate. Anyway. That it was really dumb what they did, Paula, but do you think that this yeah. person should be thrown in jail and, and rung through the ringer completely, 100%? Well, I think, I don't, I don't know about jail, but I think that maybe she needs some type, sound to me like she's got problems herself to oh, do yeah. something like this to a child. Oh, definitely. She's got yeah, problems, but, but sitting in a jail cell is not going to be the help that she needs. No, I think she needs to get some psychological help. There you and go. Some help from God himself. What other th- uh, thoughts do you have for us tonight, Paula? Okay, I want to talk to you all about this Federal Reserve thing. I've already got this started. I called some reps, so I guess it must have been a year ago, and they've already pulled JFK's executive order. Huh? And I've uh, talked to Pat Kennedy's office about it, too, and I told him, I said, JFK wants to do it. And so, Wait a anyway. JFK wants to do what? He would want it done. Oh, okay. I thought you were in, like, posthumous contact yeah. with JFK. No, I'm just saying, you know, that this is something, I mean, he wanted done. To, I mean, this is the only thing going to save this country. I mean, we've got $610 trillion put away from somewhere that the government did, the Federal Reserve. 
plus I handed over three of the dollars in gold to them. I'd like to know what the hell they've done with it. But it was to uh, get us through all this, and it was held back from the Civil War. And what? The, fam- the family put it away. But didn't and, that go down uh, in that shipwreck? Huh? No, uh-uh. No. This is in two mountains. My family put this away. We knew we were going to go through this. And they so wait a minute, your, your family has stored yeah, away a bunch of gold? My family brought the Civil War, yeah. They what? My family brought the Civil War. They brought it? Yeah. Meaning they fired on Fort Sumter? It was your my, family? No, my, my great-grandfather is the one that Governor Gibbs from South Carolina were the first one to see from the Union, okay? And my great goal was to bring their general to the Confederacy. And so anyway, um, the Confederacy told me it was my decision to make when to do it, and so... Uh, the Confederacy told you? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Confederacy still, Where is the Confederacy still around? Now? You didn't know it was still around. Yeah, no. we got a place up in Virginia, and uh, we got the South you know, is going to rise again, isn't it, Paula? Yeah, like I told GW, I said you bring this North American Union, and I said our family brought the first Civil War. I said I'll bring We're it. We're going to bring it again. Okay, do it again. Yeah. How do you how do you address JFK when you talk to him? Do you call him Jack or Jackie or what? I mean, I just call him Jack. I mean, this was really strange. The day that he was shot, this was really strange. Mm-hmm. I was at school. I was supposed to be at school that day. Something told me to stay home. Stay home. What happened at school? I Did don't they know, bomb anyway, the school? I was in my mother's bedroom, and I had the TV on. And so, you know, it showed him, you know, coming down the road. And so I went out of my, my, grandma, my mother's room and started down the stairs. And, I mean, all of a sudden, it, you know, they said he's just been shot. And I mean, I thought I fell down the stairs. But you anyway, are all um, over the map tonight, Paula. I thank you for the call. Always good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I thought she was like having a seance, like the Ouija board. Me too. Bringing that out, bringing JFK in. Bring Jackie back. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Well, speaking of secession, we need to get a story about that. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And the dude called Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, we are going to be live on Thanksgiving. So, looking forward to bringing you live content at that time. Don't forget to tune in if you're at home. What better way to spend Thanksgiving than with Free Talk Live? Forget that football crap. Yeah, well, exactly. Who needs that? You can you can still watch the football, but you could actually listen to Free Talk Live at the same time. You don't need to listen to the announcers, right? Yeah, and lament how, how grateful and thankful you are to be free. So, uh, we're at least semi-free. Freer than some people. 1-800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, we'll get to your story, Wayne, about the, the breakup, hopefully the imminent breakup of the United States of America. But first, we go to your phone calls. Indy is on the line in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Indy. Hi, guys. I'll hey be listening on Thanksgiving with some family members who don't normally get to listen to you, so it'll be a good chance to turn them on. Excellent. But, uh, w- one of those family members is having a hard time right now with uh, the state government because he was caught working without the proper papers. What? They Uh-oh. came to his house and arrested him, cuffed him and stuffed him and transferred him in front of friends and family um, at a gas station of all places. Now, wait, what kind of papers are we talking about here? Are we talking about, like, immigration? Or are we talking about a license for plumbing his or something? His contracting license expired and someone dropped a dime on him for, oh, no. working, for work that someone solicited him on. And who do you think working. snitched him out? Was it uh, a competitor? We know who it was. We know who it was. It was the person he was doing the work for. There was a regular civil dispute over monies, which is fair enough. We can work that out. 
but they seize the opportunity to get the government and their violence involved. And oh. it's reminiscent of your situation that uh, they you had to enforce violence upon him to uh, gain whatever it is they're going to gain. Hmm. So they ca- they picked him up at a gas station. They actually came to his home, which is next door to mine. I'm sorry. And in right, front of all wrong. of us, uh, handcuffed him and took him in. And then they did a transfer of vehicles at a local gas station in a small town where everybody had to see this go on from car to car. And so the they transferred him from one government vehicle, uh, vehicle to another one? Is that what you're saying? That's correct. From okay. a pickup vehicle to a transport vehicle. And this is just a working guy. And it was so he's so ashamed of the whole situation, doesn't even want me to talk about it. But mm. it's such an egregious uh, move on their part. I thought I had to tell you guys. What about did it. happen with, uh, with the license? He had one and it expired. And it, was he in the process of renewing? Is just he had gotten delayed or the bureaucrats were delayed? What was the story behind the license expiration? No, it, it's his fault. He's 60 days overdue. Um, times are tough. He didn't have the 160 bucks, so he was working to make the 160 wow. bucks. Wow. He, so he he's that on he's it. that on the edge as far as doing business is concerned. That uh, you know he's that unable to pay his bills or just barely able to pay his bills to the point where he didn't have the extra money on hand to pay for the the uh, the yearly license. That's exactly right, and just, that's why he's so ashamed. He's ashamed right. that he didn't have the money. He's ashamed he got arrested and. I just it, the the whole arrest process and the humiliation. I just thought it was so unrelated to what had actually occurred, which is lapsing on your payments to the government. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm ashamed of because the the level of taxes. It's not just the license fee of 120 dollars or whatever that is. You, you've got to figure all the fees that he has to pay as far as workers' comp and uh, employees and all the other stuff that goes into being a small business person. Uh, small business uh, taxation. There's a there's a tax for just being a small business. It that's that's what's uh, uh, shameful about this whole thing is that well the government puts so many fees on him that he wasn't able to fa- the, to pay the last one. Yeah, this is and not. A- you're hitting the nail on the head there, Mark. That's exactly the situation. There are so many fees. He had to choose which one he didn't pay this month, so he could <laughs> get their license next month. And wow, it's terrible. Guys. So what Pick is wrong? What's uh, so he was arrested. Then what happened to him? I mean, is he still in jail? Is he bailed out? Did he? B- they gave a non-surety bond, which meant he walked on his own word, but there was a dollar amount attached to it that he'll have to pay if he doesn't appear. Um, okay. He was found non-guilty on one what? illicit work. Someone came to him. I'm sorry, he was found was... non-guilty and you, you cut out for like two words. Well, what did you say? He, he didn't commit solicitation uh, because the uh, party came to him for the work. But the second uh, crime, or the alleged crime, mm-hmm. is working without a license and he's going to have to pay some money and state's attorney's fees and everything else, which is going to equate to about 2500 bucks. You know, it sounds to me like he just needs to tell them the truth in court and just say, this is what happened. I didn't have the money. I would have done it. Oh, would... you're an idealist like me. I tried yeah. that approach with him. The state's, the state's attorney who we're paying big bucks to doesn't want to hear it. They they want him to pay, pay, pay. Right, yeah. Good luck actually getting to, to say, say anything in your defense in court. I mean, if you don't speak... Uh, it, within the the very specific parameters that that judge wants to hear you speak within, they'll throw you in a jail cell. It's what they did with me. Uh, so you don't have the opportunity to fully defend yourself in these uh, courtroom situations. You said he he was found guilty of doing business without a license. Was that by a jury of his peers or by some you know administrative tribunal judge? He pled out given the uh, threats of everything else, sure. and given the dollar amount, I think it was the right decision to make, despite my ideological positions. 
Right. Well, it's easy to have an ideology, and it's another thing to run a business and uh, and be doing business and not being thrown in a prison cell while you're trying to run a business and feed a family or whatever else it is he's trying to do uh, with his uh, the whatever profit uh, profits he's getting from his business. So I completely understand where he's coming from on that, and it's just it's so frustrating seeing all this happen and feeling as though you are completely powerless to do anything about it. I mean, what can you do about this except for maybe join the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, well, and work for change here? Because this is my big sell to him. Hey, look, New Hampshire is a better uh, opportunity for us. I'm already a free stater, and I actually found a condo that we're looking at buying in a month. Oh, great. That's great. At a really good price, by the way, given the uh, housing crunch, guys. So. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's gr- you guys only live in Connecticut. It's not exactly a huge deal to move up here to New Hampshire. A lot of, I think there there's probably less licensing up here. I'm going out on a limb there. I believe there's probably just less licensing, period. And, of course, you've got activists up here to back you up. They don't well. have a contractor's license up here, from what I understand. Really? I, you know, d- don't hold me to it, but that's my understanding. There is no contra- contractor license. Wow. But this is, this is going to happen in a lot of other professions, too, whether you're a mortgage broker or you're a contractor or even banker. Uh, the, a lot of these professions are getting hit hard right now, and, and a lot of people are going to have to retool and, and develop new skills. India, I thank you for the call tonight, and uh, do fill us in if anything else develops in this. And, uh, and again, thank you, and I'm sorry to hear about that. 800-259-9231. That's the system, though, isn't it? They have the licensing system uh, in place to protect not clients, as they would have you believe, not to protect the consumer, as you would, you know, they would like you to think, but to protect other business owners, to protect those who have paid the protection fees. I mean, it really is a protection racket through and through. So those business owners that are in business and are paying the fees are protected from those upstarts that might want to do business without going and paying the licensing fee, that might just want to go and do the services and provide the products without asking anybody's permission, uh, keeping their overhead as low as possible, and just kind of helping people out in, in that way. Now, of course, those people might be taking an extra risk in that they don't have sort of the established business and the, the name that that might be on the line. It's a risk they need you know, that they're choosing to take. But it's a risk they're choosing to take for a discount. You know, maybe they're only paying thirty bucks an hour instead of sixty bucks an hour. Assumably, it's a discount. I mean, you, you, I don't know specifically whether it is or not, but one would think so. I, I've I've hired contract, you know, not contractors, people to repair stuff that weren't contractors, and I did get a, a much lower rate. What would you? Uh, what, what factors would you use to assess whether or not you wanted to hire someone for for? home improvement work whether i believe they could do the job recommendation i think would be valuable so if somebody said so and so can do this then if i trusted the person who recommended them then that would be as good as anything else i would ever see in like a phone book it's better than just picking somebody out of the phone book in my opinion more on the way here you could take control of the airwaves bring up anything this is free talk live attention freedom activists if you're planning your move to new hampshire you know that manchester is the heart of the free state But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. 
And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include the bulletin board system. We've got a lot to talk about there, over 400,000 posts. There's, uh, again, issues from serious all the way to fun times. You'll find it all for free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Funknobs.com is an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and poles catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Funknobs.com is the creation of parent company Internobs.com, online since 2004. Use the code FTL to save 10% at Funknobs.com. Again, Funknobs.com. We continue with your phone calls here, and we'll talk to Mike listening in Canada. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I was listening to the thing about the couch the other day. Yes, sir. And I can't believe that escalated to such an enormous issue. You are shocked that the government threw me in a jail cell because my tenants had a couch in their lawn and I refused to move it upon their demands. Are you really that yes, shocked? Sir, I'm shocked about that. You're Most shocked. I would get in Ottawa is like a $110 fine. But if you don't pay the fine, see, they throw you in a jail cell. No, if I don't pay the fine, they're up against child support and they can't do anything. They're up against child support? I don't understand. In Canada, child support is supreme. So in other words, if they throw you in jail, you can't pay your child support? No. Is that what you mean? They can't do anything against you if you pay child support. Uh, because I they, they're already taking all your money, essentially? or Well, basically. Can't they just yeah. take more? That was a shocking story. So, I emailed you a couple of times about that issue. I couldn't believe 93 days in jail. Yeah, it was three days for the couch in the yard and then 90 uh, days on three counts of so-called contempt of court. The first count was because I would not uh, sit and stand at their behest. And the second and third counts were because I would not answer their questions in the way that they wanted me to answer their questions. So, in the United States, are you required to answer their questions? No, you're not. Uh, you, you, you've got a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Uh, there's no, they cannot coerce you. They cannot force you to speak. By at least as I understand it, if you have the freedom of speech, then you, do you not also have the freedom to not speak? Well, uh, do you have the freedom to uh, not answer the question that they speak after they've asked you a question that doesn't isn't the answer to the question is really the que- uh, is really yeah. what you're you're asking here? So well, it was what I think you did was the right thing. Well, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you appreciate it, and I thank you for the call tonight, Mike. For good hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Rich in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Well, hello, gang. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Well, actually, I've got uh, three comments about topics that you brought up. Okay. The very first thing you brought up was about the woman who allegedly inspired somebody else to commit suicide. And you asked the question, should she end up in jail for that? Should she be punished? Right. She faked a. Uh, she created a fake account on MySpace, uh, masqueraded as though she were a 16-year-old boy interested in a 13-year-old teenage girl. And the girl ended up killing herself, allegedly right. over the boy, the so-called boy breaking up with her. And it was actually this uh, this mother that was behind the uh, the profile. Mm. Well, the answer to your question is found in Dr. Mary Ruert's book that you brought up yesterday, mm-hmm. Healing Our World in an Age of Aggression. Fine book. And the missing ingredient is restitution to the victim. The, what, the way the system works is that if you commit a crime, you end up go, going to prison, or if, you know, if you're accused, accused of committing a crime, you go to prison, 
or you pay a, and or you pay a fine, mm-hmm. which is to the benefit of the government, not to the victim. That's correct. Exactly. So if in, so the answer to your question is, if in fact this woman caused harm, then she should be made to pay restitution in one way or another to the victim. I don't believe that, uh, in my opinion at least, and I'd love to have you guys uh, chime in here, but I don't believe there was any harm caused here by this woman's actions. I mean, it was uh, pretty tactless what she did. It was not nice what she did. But there are people all the time that say things that are not nice on the Internet. I mean, just go to any Internet message board and you'll see people uh, hurting each other's feelings. If it was a real boy who was 16 years old and he broke up with her and said mean things to her on MySpace, would he be guilty of murdering her? Oh, you're asking me? I guess. I mean, <laughs> you're on the phone. <laughs> well, you're asking good questions, and this is why I say the woman who allegedly inspired uh, suicide, who, are, you know, I'm not suggesting that, in fact, she did a, uh, committed a crime, but if she did, the solution should be to provide restitution to I the agree victim with that. Or, the fa- or the victim's family. Right, not absolutely. to go to jail, not to pay a fine, which doesn't do anybody except the state any good. Yes, and in, in addition, as uh, Dr. Ruart points out in her book, which is available uh, to people, you can, you can read the 90s edition for free over at her website at ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T, ruart.com. But as she points out, that not only is it benefiting the state when somebody is ex- when a fine is extracted from someone, and in the case of the MySpace mom, she's looking at up to a $100,000 fine per offense, and she's been found guilty on three of those offenses. So so whatever the fine ends up being, all that money goes into the coffers of the state, does nothing for the victim. Additionally, the victim is victimized a second time because he or she is going to be paying taxes in the form of whether it's federal or state or local taxes, going to be paying taxes to keep her victimizer in the prison cell. So you're victimized once by if you know if you're having something stolen from you or you're harmed, and then secondly, you're victimized again by the state in order to punish your victimizer. Right, it's I was crazy. Reading, I was reading an article here, local, obviously, um, in the newspaper today, and apparently they caught a burglar who had broken into a bar seven times. Here, the bar owner, uh, you know, hit the guy with a found found the guy the last time in the middle of the night, hit him with a piece of furniture. They, the, you know, the cops finally caught the burglar hmm. and they. Um, took him to sentencing, you know, you know, the guy pled out and took him to sentencing and that kind of thing. He got uh, nine months and uh, $300 restitution. He had stolen over $2,000 over the uh, <laughs> the course of these seven burglaries. Now, they didn't prove that he did all seven of them, but yeah. um, he, he faced up to seven years. And the burglaries stopped, by the way, uh, after mm-hmm. he was apprehended. And they could prove that it was him twice. Got it. So, uh, you know, the and the it, they didn't even talk to the bar owner at sentencing. Uh, you know, for the sentencing, he didn't even know the, the newspaper called him and said, "Hey, what do you think about this sentence that the guy got?" It's like I don't know anything about it. Wow. So you know, the restitution of three hundred dollars. Peace of mind. Right. He didn't give. Uh, he he didn't get to say, "Well, I lost two thousand. Um, the nine nine months in prison." He didn't get to say, "Well, I want him to do you know whatever." The there was another person involved in the burglary. The guy wasn't required to turn that person in. I mean, it was it's just a mess. When the state handles these things, they don't care. Rich, your other thoughts? Uh, well, on that subject, I think we nailed it. Uh, the other subject I wanted to talk about, Paula actually mentioned that the Confederacy is alive and well. And she's right. It's called the, the League of the South. If you, mm-hmm. you can look up online just for the League of the South and their chapters in various states in the, in the Southland, and they're all trying to uh, educate people about the so-called Civil War and also promoting 
uh, autonomy, secession. Great. I think the more the more the more people we have out there promoting secession, the better. I guess the League of the South is kind of, from what I understand, it's an organization that is saddled with the, the I guess the black eye, whether it's real or not, of being in favor of of, of slavery, which I, I'm sure is absolutely not the case. Uh, but You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. In fact, uh, there are some black folks who are involved. In fact, one of them I interviewed for my show, his name is H.K. Edgerton, and he's walked thousands of miles across the Southland carrying the Confederate flag and dressed in the Confederate uniform and teaching people about uh, what the war was really about, which is about um, uh, states' rights as as opposed to uh, federal or or national oppression. And uh, unfortunately, the bad guys won, and you can see the results all around us. Yep. Well, hopefully there won't have to be a war this uh, next time that somebody attempts to secede from this union. Rich, any other final comments? You've got about 20 seconds. Uh, well, the uh, contractor issue, uh, I think it should be, you know, this applies to things like medicine as well. I mean, we got a system yes. where people can't, quote-unquote, practice medicine. Anytime you have a licensing system, you have a protection system, and people are kept out artificially from the marketplace, meaning higher prices, worse service, and, uh, and people are suppressed from being able to do what they want to. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Thanks for the call, Rich. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are completely free. They include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the archives. Uh, In fact, uh, sometimes we put up the occasional publicity jaunt, uh, publicity appearance uh, on my part, or occasionally yours as well, Mark, but uh, today I had an appearance up on, uh, or down, I guess, on KVOL radio down in Louisiana, and uh, we posted that online, and they they wanted to interview me about the whole couch in the yard situation, so I'll put that up there for you at freetalklive.com. Everything on the site is free, and if you like the fact that we give those things away, then we ask for your support. We need your votes now, I don't know if we've successfully made it into the first place spot. We, we are. Uh, we're in the lead by 41 uh, that's, votes. That's good, but it's not, as, it's not a wide enough lead. We need to uh, widen that lead, mm-hmm. and we need your help in order to do so. I thank those of you who have gone uh, so far and voted in the month of November. But if you have yet to vote in the, uh, the month of November, please go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the show. It takes you less than a minute. And it makes a big difference for us because keeping uh, Free Talk Live in the number one position not only means that eventually we'll be able to claim that we've been number one for an entire year, but also it means that new people are going to uh, people are going to see the show, they're going to listen to the show, they're going to come across the message of freedom. So if that's valuable to you, please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. And Jimmy Cahill, the boozing, carousing cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or go to SexWithTheVirginMary.com. You can uh, listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on the FTL podcast from last Saturday. So uh, go to the website at FreeTalkLive.com and uh, check through the listings there. Last Saturday's show, that's... Uh, freetalklive.com. All right, so we go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, we go to Texas, where Justo Montoya is on the line. Hello there. Hello? Did I get the name right? Justo Montoya in Texas? Going once? Justo Montoya in Ask Texas? You. Hello? Hello? Hello. What's your name? 
Oh, hey, my name's Husto. Husto, okay. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, um, I'm a, I guess, recent convert to libertarianism, and uh, one of my favorite books is Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know that uh, free markets handle stuff better than the state, but I wonder how uh, how can free markets regulate themselves better, like, you know, I mean, what if uh, a private regulatory agency were to get in cahoots with, say, the meat companies in, in like, in Good question. Upton Sinclair? Do you want to take a strike at this sure. one, Wayne? Well, sure. For one thing, you wouldn't have the state regulating anything, so other people can pop up and compete with them without the guns of government behind them. The guns of government are the biggest guns of all. The other typical argument is about greed. And there's always going to be greed no matter what form of government or non-government you have. But in a, in a capitalist free market system, risk is the check to greed. So if you're going to be greedy at some point, you're running the risk of either losing money or ticking off your customers and, and losing your business. I'd like to expand on that a little yeah, bit here. I, 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 same here. Um, now, with Upton Sinclair's book, you know, it did give a pretty good look at what was going on in meatpacking in Chicago in the early 1900s. But you've got to remember that the average person, the average rich person at that point, uh, likely didn't have a toilet in their house. Uh, it's certainly the middle class people. 19, you know, 1910. Mm, yeah. you know, indoor plumbing wasn't coming around. Nobody had a color television. Nobody had, uh, you know, very few people had cars. Nobody had a cell phone. All these things that you think of today when you think of, when you look back at how things were for a worker in the meatpacking uh, center of uh, Chicago, you've got to look at it compared to how things were then. And, you, uh, you know, I mean, look at how people are in, in factories in China. They're choosing to go work for what you and I wouldn't work for an hour, what they work for a day because the, their alternative is going to work in the fields and rice paddies and working for a third of that. So it's a step a up. It's a step up. Oh, okay. So, um, so. I, I, now that's not really an answer to your question, but, I mean, you, you always look at, you got to look at these things in the light of how things were at the time. So, uh, it, you know, and uh, as far as a regulatory, uh, you know, uh, agency getting in, in bed with the, uh, the meatpacking industry, you would likely have competing regulatory industries. It wouldn't be just one. There wouldn't just be the USDA would be the only organization regulating, uh, you know, how meat was done because somebody else would come out and say, we're better. We regulate better. And some meat packing companies would go with them and then they yes. would they would attempt to expose their competitions uh, uh bad practices yeah. and so you would have competition uh, being a check on that also back then okay. people were more isolated because now you have the internet you have information flowing much yep. quicker communications a big big issue huge your response okay. still well, um, no, I mean, those are good responses. To, it's just because I always debate my socialist friends, and they always stop me with this question, so I need a rebuttal. And, um, and, but, uh, oh, uh, it, may I ask another sure, question? Sure, sure, go ahead. Uh, okay, um, see, I, I come from, uh, my parents are immigrants from Colombia, mm -hmm. and, and I tried to make a case for the end of the war on drugs, and, and I want to, what would you guys say? How would it, how would it help? Ending the war on drugs here, how would it help, you know, those countries that are actually grow the crops elsewhere? Well, I don't know um, precisely, but those farmers that are currently, um, you know, growing cocoa, coca or whatever it is, um, they're 
Having their crops poisoned. Yeah, (laughs) they would be able to grow it legally. However, they wouldn't make nearly as much money as they do. It would just be another crop, just like growing carrots or something like that. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to make as much black market money, but at the same time, the the trade will become much safer. I mean, right Right. now, you're dealing with the black market. If they stop trying to grow coca and they want to go to coffee or something like that... Their family's going to die. Well, and you know, there's there of course is the gangster factor where who knows what who knows who's in control down there in Colombia. I don't know what the real situation is. Whether it's you know the government working hand in hand with the, the black marketeers uh, or whatever it is, but you're dealing with a violent black market where the, the turf wars are essentially the way things are. There's there's nobody that's advertising and saying our product is better. It's just that if you get in the way of the gangs, they're going to just execute you and, and take you out so uh, disputes are solved with violence in the black market whereas in the legitimate market yes the profit margins are lower but at the same time uh, you're doing business in a much safer way plus you don't have the u.s black helicopters flying in and uh, essentially spraying poisonous killer dust all over people's uh, plantations and their crops and their houses and i've heard certain things about you know rumors about possible cancers and things like that that are coming out in the the people that live down there as a result of that spraying let me tell you spraying somebody's land with chemicals over and over again is not a good way to promote good health i don't think so that'd be one major way mm-hmm. of course if drugs were legalized they would also have competition uh, from other areas of the world i mean it wouldn't just be colombia that would be able to grow cocaine you'd be able to grow it in the south and right here in America, of course, Mexico. Uh, marijuana is, uh, is pretty heavy, uh, heavily grown in, in Mexico. So you'd have all kinds of different uh, drugs being com- uh, competed uh, or competing uh, agencies would be selling these drugs. And so it wouldn't be easy. You wouldn't be able to rake in the dough. But, hey, that's, you know, that's competition and that's life. And you know what, if I might go back to your earlier question, uh, just to comment, to add my comments to the discussion about the regulation in the free marketplace, in the absence of having a government agency to do these things, uh, we we already have real-life examples that you can look to, that you can point your socialist friends to. Yes, and I recommend that you go uh, and and take a look at, I think Dr. Mary Ruart, in her book, Healing Our World, does address some of this. Uh, but, Healing but, uh, our world? Yes, but I'd like to point out uh, what they are. Uh, one of them is called Underwriters Laboratories. The other one is ETL, and there are others. They have competitors, but those are sort of two of the main competitors. Flip over your toaster, look at uh, any uh, electronic appliance that you have, and odds are good you're going to find a UL logo somewhere. You've probably seen the logo. You probably didn't know what it what it stood for. Are you aware of it? Is it uh, I, I think my friend told me about it once in the... Is it the one on the light bulbs? Light bulbs tend to have them, I think. Uh, it's they're on so Pretty many much anything products. electronic. Yeah, there are so many products that have the UL logo. I mean, I was stunned to see it on the the gas pump that I was using the other day. I mean, they're everywhere. Once you start to see them, you'll start to see them more often. But it's a it's a private company that are hi- they are hired by other companies, the manufacturers. They hire UL. They submit their product to UL. UL vets the product. They take a look at it. They open it up. They look at the build quality. They look and see if it's safe. They want to make sure that there's no electrical shorts that are going to go mm-hmm. on, start fires and things like that. They test it in all different situations. They test it in several ways, and then once they're satisfied that it's a quality product, they stamp their UL logo on it. But the quality checking doesn't stop there, because each vendor also has a quality check process. And a lot of that process is to check for the UL logo. So, for instance, Walmart and Target and these major retailers are not going to take in products that don't have the UL logo on them, as far as a 
appliances and things like that. You will not find a product in the appliance aisle at Walmart without a UL or ETL certification. So uh, so Walmart and these other main uh, the vendors that are actually selling to the people on the street, they have an interest in protecting their customers because they don't want your house to burn down. They don't want you to get sick. They don't want you to get poisoned. They want you coming back next week to buy more products from their store. So the marketplace has an inherent incentive to protect its customers. And when allowed to operate freely, the protection gets better instead of this one-size-fits-all government monopoly stuff. Thanks for the call. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls. Uh, let's talk to Joe in Massachusetts to start things out this hour. Hello, Joe. Hey, haven't talked to you guys in a while. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I've been in and out of the hospital. I'd like to play devil's advocate. You say the free market helps. I see your point when it gets to UL laboratories and stuff like that. But why not in the vitamin world and why not in the – I mean, there there was a free market with the airlines and the CEOs were just taking all the money and, you know, and everything is happening here. I don't know how good a Well, wait a minute, be. wait a minute. Let's slow down, take things one uh, issue at a time. Okay. Let's start with you, you just sort of dropped in why not in the vitamin market. What do you mean when you say well, why not in the vitamin uh, market? The vitamin market, the insurances won't pay for it, and a lot of us like myself don't have the money and, uh, to buy them because we're on SSI. And the FDA, of course, says some of them don't work. There's like a big... Everybody's selling vitamins, and everybody's making claims, and you don't know where to go. I mean, you know what I mean? Like in this country, the healthcare system is atrocious. In Japan, it's free and it's regulated. So you you may be right in some of the things you say. Okay, first and foremost, uh, healthcare is never free ever. Uh, okay. People pay for healthcare through taxes in the countries where it's claimed to be free, so it's not okay, free. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, uh, yeah. and let's not forget in Japan that they um, just uh, as as far as genetically, they live longer. Um, that, that, I mean, I'm sorry, I mean, you know, just every study is out there is that's so. But they uh, also eat better too, eat properly. Right, they and do. They don't have the obesity rates there, and you know, if you have insurance, by the way, you if you um, you can pay for your supplements if you have a medical savings plan. It just won't go towards your deductible. All I have is uh, Social Security and Mass Health. But I'm saying, like, it, it, Japan, they still make a profit on their health care, but the government has regulated so the doctors can't make billions. I mean, if you work, you pay, and if you, if you lose your job, you still are covered. But it isn't you, the doctors who are making the billions. The doctors are yeah. the ones taking care of people and the nurses. Yeah, no, not, I don't, I don't know any doctor out. that's making billions of dollars around well, here. Well, in this country, they're making very good money, more than the Japanese doctors. Yep, they it's had a true. TV, DVD, and I just want to know if you've had it re- read about it by T T R R E I D T R Reed, getting sick around the world, and they they look at all these different systems in the U.S. healthcare. They say is number thirty-seven. You may be interested in going. It was on the PBS website. I don't know whether you'll be able to check it out, but I mean, why does it work in Japan? They say it's not a socialized sort of healthcare. It's free market and something else. And you know, like you talked about regulation. 
Well, I haven't well, looked at uh, you know I've I've looked a, a bit at the Japanese uh, system and I'm like eh, you know it, it it looks like it's working better than most socialist um, healthcare systems out there. And the I, German and the Swiss too, yeah. Sure, um, and you got to remember we have a socialist healthcare system too, and it's been it's it's largely run by the pharmaceutical companies and the AMA. Yes. So you have interests in there controlling the the uh, the licensure and the regulation that's inside of of that industry. So. When we advocate the free market, we're not saying America's system is the best. We're saying, please don't make it more socialized. Yeah, because like the Japanese, the drug companies don't control it, and they're limited. They can't just you know put something out like Prozac and charge whatever they want. You know what I mean? It's Maybe, do you think it should be like, like those systems? I don't know. Well, I can't speak to the Japanese system because I don't know anything beyond what you've told us, and I don't know if what you've told us is accurate, so I can't really speak to All that. Right. Would you go but I do up? know that I don't support any sort of governmental involvement in, uh, in health care, period. I think that uh, we need to have a free market in health care, which means that you should be free to go out and choose from a variety of different providers, and you would be the one to, to make those choices. <laughs> okay. You're welcome to uh, submit yourself to experts who could tell you which choice to make, uh, but when it's the government that's sitting there saying, "Well, we're not going to allow you to make these particular choices because it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't gone okay, through our pr- I, approval I agree system." With you there, hey, Ian, I agree with you there. That's what they do in Japan. They don't have a, a they don't have a gatekeeper. I mean, they go anybody they want. That's what I'm saying. You, okay, but right. and they have uh, their insurance is a little different. It's much cheaper over there. Hospitals, some of them are losing. It's not perfect, Keith. It's like a room is $10 a night, except a private is like $90 a night. Well, I don't know about their insurance situation, but I do know that here the insurance companies are heavily regulated. So they're so tied in with the state, it is amazing. Yeah. And so whenever you have a high level of regulation, as we were talking about last hour... You have a low level of competition. You have well, very little competition. Hold on a second. You have very little competition, and if there's very little competition, you don't have much innovation. You don't have any incentive for various different packages and plans and different options uh, in fact, in many cases, uh, the the packages and plans are completely mandated by the state government people. So essentially, the state, the government, is protecting its buddies in the insurance industry, just as it's protecting the doctors. Uh, one of the reasons why doctors are making a lot of money is because nurses can't go and compete with doctors. They can't do the, even though they can't, they can do the same things. Like they have sort of a similar level of training. They're not allowed to do certain things by law. Uh, so the American Medical Association has essentially helped protect the doctor business uh, from, from outside competition. So so what we have in this country is nothing even close to a free marketplace. We've got essentially a 50% socialist system, and there's also corporatism going on right. and mercantilism right. going on. And uh, so so this system that we have is, is really awful, and the systems around the world aren't that much better. Uh, and so there is no system, there is no free market in healthcare anywhere in the world. And, uh, they that stay would, in... In Switzerland, Germany, Japan, they people don't go bankrupt over healthcare. That's all I'm saying. So part of it is free, and they have competition. It's different. I can't remember how to explain it, but you may want to look on PBS's website now. Can you? I'm, I'm very familiar with some socialist medicine systems, probably more so the Canadian system than, than any other one, but also yeah, well, a little the Canadian bit the, doesn't, doesn't work that also well. the UK system as well. And when you're dealing with a socialist medicine system, you're dealing with the government essentially telling you whether you get to live or die. So yeah, the the care is fr- it's transparently free and that when you go to the hospital you're not paying a bill you are of course paying in the, on the back end through your paycheck when they take out money via taxes 
but when you go and you're, you're not paying the hospital, you're subject to whatever it is that they what they say. So if you go in with some sort of problem and they manage to uh, see you within three or four months, depending on how long the waiting lists are, then they tell you, well, sorry, you've got this problem. You're going to have to see a specialist. That'll be another six-month wait until yeah. you actually get to see the specialist. Then the specialist takes a look at you and says, oh, we've got to operate. We'll get to you in another six months. I mean, by that time, yeah. the, whatever the problem was could have uh, caused you to die. And a lot of see, people the, have died as a result oh, yeah, of I the waiting the, times in the socialist system. Whereas the hospitals in, over there in Japan are privatized. Uh, uh, government runs the hospitals, but the doctors are privatized. So, and can I, you don't know, I don't even know what that, that right. means. There's no guarantee that uh, the doctors uh, you know, reached the same level of uh, certification in Japan that they do here in the United States. One of the things that, you know, you've got so much schooling that goes into being a doctor here in the United States, and I don't know what it's like in Japan. I wouldn't propose to know that. So you have some of the more driven people that want to make more money going into the doctor industry here in the United States. But healthcare shouldn't be a money-making thing. You should make Why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't people be rewarded for their efforts? They should be rewarded, but they shouldn't be able to make a million dollars in my opinion. If you can make a million dollars, it means you've helped a lot of people. What's wrong with that? But see, it doesn't work that way. I'm just saying how I feel because that's why I mentioned you can look at these systems. Maybe you could do research. And can you mention the CEOs now? This bailout and stuff. How would you go into bankruptcy? You, would you? You know that them? before you go on, you know that people um, that that make a lot of money have been successful in helping a lot of people, and they've done a very good. You know, they're the best in their industry. Right. When if you have inoperable cancer, or you have the worst disease you can come up with. Don't you want the best physician in the country working on you? Yes. That guy is paid a million dollars. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making money off of helping people. I don't understand the attitude. I mean, that says, I want my doctor driving around a luxury vehicle. I want him living in a nice house with a, with a beautiful wife because, man, he's helped people live longer and, and he's feel He's gone through a lot of the training these doctors go through and the hazing they go through in their internship. But, you know, the doctors here are not the problem in the United States. You've got too many government-mandated middlemen that have, that have wrestled their way in between the doctor and the patient to steal most of the money. Uh, a lot of people went in, into medicine not just because it paid well and you could live well, but because they cared about people. Now, that's a win-win situation if you can help people and make a good living. Now, in a free marketplace, if you wanted to, to patronize a doctor who put it out on you know, Front Street that he, gives, uh, he, he only charges the bare subsistence kind of rates and still manages to do a good job, I'm sure he'd get all kinds of clients. Sure. Uh, but I, I myself have no objection to people being rewarded for the, for the hard work that they do. Well, you me know? either, but, but maybe. But maybe. you do. Maybe uh, it's just that some of them, I don't know, some of them are in it for the money. And if you don't like insurance, that you don't have the money, like people need I've never that. met those people. I'm sure they are out there. But the people that I've always met in the healthcare industry, when I've talked to them and asked them questions about why they got into the business, the number one reason was to help people. I thank you for the call, Joe. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the reason I've always gotten from, from people in healthcare. Me Whether too. they're doctors or nurses or just the orderlies, they want to help people feel better, period. More on the way. You can take control if they can make money on it. That's a Bonus. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features include, by the way, the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's at the upper right-hand portion of the page, freetalklive.com, SACL CAI. You know, before we go on with uh, some more phone calls here, I want to just stop down for a moment and take a look quickly at the Japanese healthcare system. We had... Uh, j- we had yeah, Joe on the line a few moments ago, uh, who is extolling what he has heard as the virtues of the Japanese healthcare system. I've heard the same ver- saying same it's, stuff. You know, really great, and that uh, it's somehow government-run, but somehow also private at the same time. He suggested the hospitals were run by the government, but yet the doctors were private. Sounded a little confusing to me, uh, so went to uh, do a little research here and. This is not coming from a pro-liberty perspective at all. It's just whatever's in the Wikipedia, so, you know, that can be written by anybody. So take that with a grain of salt, but it's probably a little more accurate than what Joe was saying. And Wikipedia, run by socialists. Yeah, well, even so, uh, they do point out here that healthcare services are provided by national and local governments in Japan. Uh, payment is offered through a universal healthcare insurance system. And the fees are set by government committee. People without insurance through employers can participate in a national health insurance program also administered by local governments. It's compulsory to be enrolled in a Japanese insurance program if you are a resident of Japan. And they talk about the two main categories. They talk about some of the numbers of all the various different clinics and uh, hospitals. And they point out that apparently some of the problems, uh, excessive paperwork, assembly line care for outpatients, uh, over-medication, abuse of the system because of low out-of-pocket costs to patients. So it sounds like a lot of these sort of standard uh, problems with the socialist system where it's purported as free health care, so people just go in whenever they've got the sniffles, uh, clogging up the emergency rooms with uh, a, a light cough or flu symptoms and things like that. And that's in a system, by the way, the Japanese people tend to be very honest people. And so you take a socialist system in a place where it might be less likely to be abused, mm. and it's still abused. Creates dishonesty. and Because they're incentivized that. to do that. Exactly. Uh, so so there you go. I mean, there's a, that's just a little bit of information. What would be more interesting, of course, would be to actually hear somebody who is in Japan and their comments on the, uh, the health care system there, as well as specifically somebody of a liberty mindset that has lived in Japan or currently lives in Japan and can comment uh, as well. Because we see the same problems over and over again in the socialist system, and what we always hear from their supporters is, man, the socialist health care sure is great. Yes, it's super up here in Canada. Best of the world. We can't wait to get it here in America so we can shove our treatment down your throat and you won't have any choices at all. And that's what happens when government makes decisions, when government controls the purse One size fits all, and if you don't like it, pay up or you go to prison. That's what you're talking about with socialized health care. And if you're a doctor and you see people who can't get treatment because the system won't let them for whatever reason, and you want to treat them privately on the side, well, you, you doctors might go to jail. 
Yep. So uh, so it's all it's it's just bad. I mean, yes, I'm sure there are stories out there. We've heard them. People making claims that they've gotten great treatment. They claim Corey Corey Doctorow, and we had him on the show, was talking about how how uh, he's always gotten good treatment in uh, the government. No hospitals doubt. There. But when you get bad treatment, and you will, what do you do about it in a government system? You don't do anything because suing the government is hard as hell. Yeah, what do you, you do? You continue to pay for it as uh, you know, as, as disgusting as it might be to you to have to pay for these things. You've got to pay for it, or you're gonna go to prison. They're constantly making decisions as to who deserves, you know, the care, who should get what, and if it turns out that your grandma is sort of shoveled off as somebody that's not that important to take care of because they need to be taking care of a younger person who's actually working and they can extract more money from that young person so the system sort of has an incentive to take care of the younger better than it than it does to take care of the older uh, you know they're just going to let grandma die off there because well they don't have to save her life they have no obligation to help her yes she's paid all of her life into the system and she expects to get free care but if the care she gets is of uh, substandard quality or just they're completely ignoring her or putting her off you can't do a damn thing about it you just right. get to watch your grandmother suffer for the rest of her life do you life. want a system where the government decides who lives and who's who dies that's what you have if you have socialist health care you know i was just talking with somebody from from uh, britain about a month ago and you know in his first the first breath of course in one breath he's talking about how great the system is over there and mm-hmm. then the next breath he's talking about how his father couldn't get a surgery because he was too old yeah well exactly. they're told it's they're told it's great over and over and humans will repeat what they're told sure um, and it may seem that way when you're 22 and you yeah, are absolutely. getting some attention right. you're covered and it feels great that if something bad happens you don't have to do anything as far as uh, you know paying for it out of pocket but when you get up and uh, up in the years and you actually need the care and that you might die in 6 months if you don't get a you know uh, yeah. bypass surgery or whatever well and you've got to run to the United States in order to get that surgery like they do from Canada, that stinks. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, speaking of the U.K., Ziggy is on the line. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Go ahead. You're on yeah, the air. Right. Well, um, this morning I got a call from my doctor's surgery. I have to tell you about this. Uh, Mr. Ankara, you've not been in for your flu shot. I don't want a flu shot. We think you need a flu shot. I Uh-oh. don't. Goodbye. <laughs> um... You know, they've not compelled me to have a flu shot since I was 15 years old, and at that point I had a parental guardian who signed the form for me. (laughs) You know, the fact is that as soon as you have universal health care, the government starts ordering you about. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for instance, you know, the government says, oh, we shouldn't be treating smokers. Well, smokers pay tax. You know, I'm a smoker. I've paid tons of tax on my tobacco. And I think I have paid for my health care. Thank you very much. Are they suggesting that now, just denying treatment no, altogether? No, no, denying fat people and, and smokers health care. Yep. The government have, been, have, sort of, have said that if they are to be treated, they've got to comply with certain uh, measures. Um, right, you're going to have to start. Think, if you want to get treatment, Zig, you're going to have to adopt their diet. You're going to have to start doing an exercise regimen. You're going to have to start checking in with the uh, the Minister of Exercise uh, to make yep. sure that you've been meeting certain goals. And they can set whatever. <laughs> they can set. You laugh, Wayne, but they can set whatever rules they want to because they're in charge and you're just a serf. I'd love yeah. to do that job. Um, I was going to say, I, I, I think personally, I know that the Canadian system works sort of similar to the, the voucher system. That would be an improvement here. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's bad news. And of course, because it would bring the, the free market into play, because it is one size fits all. I mean, the, the, the stupid thing is that there are league tables of hospitals. 
my local hospital come, always comes down the bottom of the list, yet my doctor can only refer me to that hospital. And I seem to think, well, why do you have league tables? There's no incentive for that hospital to improve. Yeah, there are no incentives, period. Profit, you know, and it didn't, it would go bust. You know, in a lot of cases, and Ziggy, thank you for the call and the expertise. I appreciate hearing from you. In a lot of cases, uh, the doctors have an incentive to just move through people as quickly as they possibly can. Uh, because they get paid on a per-patient basis, but they have a maximum number of patients that they can get through. So they see as many as they can, and then they're off, and you know you can't go to them anymore. More coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features on the site include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page, going back for an entire year for free at freetalklive.com. I want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. It's happening March 5th through the 8th, 2009, in Nashua, New Hampshire. You can get all the details on where and exactly when at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Actually, I don't believe the schedule has yet been announced, but they have been announcing a number of speakers, and you're going to recognize a lot of these names. John Taylor Gatto, Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, uh, Adam Kokesh from the Iraq Veterans Against the War, Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com, Glenn Jacobs, also known as Kane from the WWE, Mary Ruard, we talk about her a lot on Yay. this show, the, the doctor will be in the house, uh, David Nolan, uh, the founder of the Libertarian Party, just big names here, also Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun decision. Many of those names are Free State Project members, a few of them are not, and maybe we can help convince them to come on board. Wouldn't it be great if we could get Dr. Mary Ruart to sign up for the Free State Project whilst at the Liberty Forum. Awesome. I think that would be incredible. So uh, head over to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Get registered for the early, get the early bird price now. Lock that in. Because you don't want to wait. I mean, there are several reasons why you don't want to wait. I mean, if you're if you're already uh, thinking this is going to be exciting, you're thinking you want to be here for this, you need to get registered tonight. Use the discount code 2009FTL, 2009FTL, and you'll save yourself an extra 10%. But you want to get yourself registered in now because, the first of all, the event might sell out. That's a possibility. A more realistic possibility than that is that the hotel will sell out. So you don't want to right. lose your opportunity to actually be located in the same hotel that the event is happening. We did this in D.C. for the uh, for some convention or another, some radio convention or another, and it was awful. Uh, yeah, we, it was a big mistake. We, 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 we waited too long, and we had a hotel that was other than the hotel for the convention. You're, you're dressing in and out of coats and all that stuff, uh, traveling. You know, you gotta, you got to get a taxi. That's not easy. Uh, either that or you're walking some distance to yeah. the hotel. It's awful. You want to be in the hotel. Yeah, because the hotel is where, you know, the, the hanging out is going to be occurring, parties, after hours, uh, of course, it's where the dinners are happening, all the speeches and the presentations, the panel discussions, uh, the vendors, it's all happening within that one hotel, so it's best to be there, and therefore you should probably get registered now. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Still time to get the early bird. I mean, if you don't do it tonight, you still probably will get the early bird uh, discount, but there's no set date at this point as to when that's going to go away. So it could go away tomorrow. Uh, as soon as they announce, I believe it's. I think they're going to uh, get rid of it when they announce the next big keynote speech. 
whoever it is that's going to be the, the other keynote speaker, I think they're probably going to get rid of the early bird discount at that time. So keep that in mind. The longer you wait, the more likely you're going to have to pay more. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You're going to get to meet uh, not only those big names, but you'll also get to meet a lot of the people that you hear on this show. Of course, we're going to be broadcasting live a number of the callers that you hear a lot. They're going to be in attendance. Liberty activists from all across New Hampshire, around the, the country and around the world gathered together in early March for the Liberty Forum. We will see you there. All right, we continue with your phone call. Sarah Lee is on the line in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah Lee. Hello. Hey there. You're on the air. Am I? Yes. yes. What's on I mind? love your little cakes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I used to eat those all the time. I, 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 I knew someone was going to okay. go for that joke. You are on the air, Sarah Lee. What's on your mind? <laughs> Well, it's not Sarah Lee. I'm Sandy. Sandy, I'm sorry. I, I sometimes the board operators don't ask people to spell their names because they think they heard it right. Sandy, you're well, on the you air. Well, you know, you know, I talk weird, so that's all right. Go ahead. Uh, I went in and talked about health care and stuff. Okay, here you are. You know, my husband had like major cancer, mm-hmm. and uh. He almost died five times last year. Oh, my goodness. And the only thing that saved him was the VA. The, the Veterans no Administration? Okay. Okay. And uh, if it wasn't for the VA, he'd be dead right now. Okay. Right? So I wanted to tell you that sometimes government does work okay. Oh, sure, sure. sure. Uh, There's no and, doubt about and that. And we tried to make the caveat, and, and try to every time we, we talk about uh, government-administered health care, that certainly, most of the time, they manage to do it okay. But when you're, when you're part of that 10 or 15 or 20 percent of people that get left behind, that's the part that really stinks, because you don't have any control. And when you say they manage to do it okay, Mark, when you mean, what you mean by that is they actually give the care out to people, but it doesn't mean that it's great care. It doesn't mean it's the best quality care. In many cases, is it is just okay care. So, for instance, if you're getting uh, some sort of, you know, if you're, you're, they're putting in a stump in your leg, they're going to give you the, the lowest quality stump you can possibly get, for instance. I mean, I'm giving you a very basic sort of example here, but they have no obligation to provide you with top quality care. Uh, they have, the, uh, in fact, an interest in providing you with the, the bare, bare minimum, if they even provide it to you at all. And I would also like to counter your example. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to discount your example, but I'd like to point out that there are a lot of veterans who will tell you that the VA is the worst thing they've ever experienced, that, uh, that in many cases they believe that the doctors in the VA are actively attempting to kill them because uh, if they kill their patients, then they just have a, lo- a lighter patient load. It's an easier job for them in that particular case. So I'm, I'm glad your husband got the help that he was Can looking I for. Can I say something? Sure, here? absolutely. Because, like, one time when he almost died, they had to, like, net a vacuum out because we live in a really rural place, and they had to net a vacuum out the VA hospital, and it was, well, his cancer care was boarded out by the VA, okay? They, so they, they hired somebody else from the yeah, outside? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, somebody else took care of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the VA. And did he have any sort of waiting period that he had to uh, to wait in order to get the treatment, or was it relatively quick? Oh, no. Because he had to get in in the VA system first, you know. So there was a waiting period to get in the system? Because when he got cancer, you know, we had to get in the VA system. And then we got to in, and they canceled his appointment. And by the time he got into the VA system, the tumor was like the size of a 
grapefruit. Whoa, well, now, okay, now the story sounds like it's changing a little bit here. How long did it take to get into the VA system? Um, it took, like, two or three months. Two, two or three months, and so so he knew that there was something wrong, and he was trying to get into their system in order to be seen and, and checked out. Did he know there was a tumor yeah, at that and point? Then we lived so far away from the VA hospital, right? And once he and once he got into it, he had to go in there and get a and get an ID card uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's when gas is high and we're broke. Right. right? <laughs> so it took him three months to get into the system. Then they found out that, that had he, did he already know there was a tumor while he was trying to get into their system? Yes. How did he find that out? Uh, he, he went to another doctor, and the other doctor wouldn't do anything, right? Because he didn't have any money, right? Okay. And uh, the other doctor says, well, you need to do something about this, right? And so he went to the VA, and it took three months to actually get seen, and then they finally took a look at it. By that time, it was blown up to the size of a grapefruit. What did they do after that? Um, they they uh, put him out to a cancer hospital in El Paso. Mm-hmm. And how quickly and, uh, was he taken care of at that point? Huh? How quickly after they put him out to that cancer hospital was he taken care of? Well, they would have taken care of him quick, but the way they was going to take care of him scared us. And okay. so we tried to do it like natural for a while. Mm-hmm. So you backed, it, so you backed away from what they were offering you at that point? Yeah, you know, it was like scary. I got you. And so we went with natural for a while, and it, and it didn't work, mm. and so... I put him in the truck and took him to El Paso and the cancer center there. And then did they take care of him at that point, or did you have to wait some more? No, he didn't have to wait okay. anymore. Well, they, there you go. It wasn't as, right It turned it. out that it wasn't as glowing of a story as it sounded like when you initially started telling it us, to us. I'm glad he's okay. Oh, yeah, I'm thank glad God. They helped him out eventually, and I thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. But it sounds like it might have been easier on him if he hadn't had to wait three months in order to get seen at the VA. That's how it goes dealing with the government. They what have paper. What if standard health care were affordable for everybody? Then you wouldn't need a VA. It could be if we had a free marketplace and real competition. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And the features are free on the website. And if you like the show and you're enjoying Free Talk Live, you want to help us maybe expose the show to new people, you can become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, around the world, bringing new internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the message of freedom and liberty. Because, well, you know what? People need that message, and uh, we've got it in spades here on this show. Uh, and you can help us out by going to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com, so get signed up. We continue. Ladies, continue to be first. Helen is on the line in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Helen. Hello. Hi there. You're on the air. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? 
Oh, I was listening to the show as usual. I love your show. Thanks, Helen. And I just caught the tail end of Sandy. Bless her and her husband mm. for going through what they did. But, you know, I'm a nurse, and my experience with the VA hospital has been very different. I Do think tell. that the residents that get good training there, the attending physicians and all the nurses, you know, my background is intensive care. Mm-hmm. I've seen nothing but top-notch quality so, wouldn't it be more efficient, though, even if you're going to say the government's going to pay for medical care for veterans, wouldn't it be better if they just went to a regular hospital? I mean, why do they have to have these huge hospitals? And uh, it seems like the cost would be much higher than just letting them go to a normal doctor and hospital. You know, I can't speak to the cost because that's not something that I deal with on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. I deal with patient care, but... Um, I don't think that their care is any different. I've worked in both systems, and I really see no difference. Well, what about the uh, the hospital in uh, in Washington D.C.? I can't remember the, the bureaucrat's name that they named it after uh, off the top of my head, but the one that was Walter in the news, Reed. Walter Reed. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm not sure who Walter Reed happens to be, but um, what about that hospital that hit the the news so heavily uh, last year? I don't know that it has anything to do with the fact that it is a military hospital or not. I'm not military. That's not my background, and it's not a necessity to have that background to work in a hospital mm-hmm. like that. Sure. Um, and, you know, I think you can see great successes and some mishaps happen anywhere you go. So I don't understand. I think you're right about that. And the, I think the we Walter should... Reed situation was a bit more than a mishap. I mean, it's, we're not talking about somebody getting I a... I didn't uh... hear what it was. It wasn't a rubber glove uh, left in someone or anything like that, and, which yeah. you can certainly, I, like, I can, I can see sponges left in, I'm, you know what, I bet there's a b- lot of sponges that people don't know left in them, and no big deal. But not this really. was, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it can happen anywhere. It's a risk. Sure. Yeah. So you're, but in this case, you're talking about uh, mold growing on the walls, uh, you know, rooms in really dilapidated shape. To the, I mean, it, to me, it drew, uh, when I uh, when I heard the news stories, it drew up uh, my, it drew up the sort of uh, sanitarium, kind of very third world. Right. It, it sounded awful when uh, when the news stories went through, and and apparently, you know, several top generals get fired and. You know, I'm not saying that there are, there isn't a good uh, VA hospital out there. I'm sure there are many good VA hospitals out there, but the the problem is is that uh, they aren't held. They, the some of the the administrators aren't incentivized in the same way um, at, at a VA hospital as they are at a private hospital. But to be fair, Mark, I mean, maybe she's correct in her uh, her her assertion uh, or her analysis that it is to her it hasn't seemed that different, and maybe it really isn't that different. I mean, you're talking about a difference between a a completely socialized system, as in the VA, to a 50% socialist system. So maybe the difference isn't that significant. And, of course, you can find a variety of different uh, levels of care, I'm sure, in, in both systems. So, I mean, if we actually had a true free market and then comparing that to the VA hospital, I think the, I think the difference would be crystal clear. But, of course, we don't have that. So we're, we're really dealing with a full, full-on socialist health care system compared to a mostly socialist health care system. Well, good point about the comparison, but anyway, I just don't want the viewers to get the wrong impression. At least the ones that I've worked in have been right up there with the the private hospitals. Very good. Thanks for your experience, Helen. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you for the call. And and some are better than others. They're not real consistent in that way, but before the government really got involved in health care in the 60s, Healthcare was affordable. Doctors made house calls. Some of them took chickens in payment. Yeah, you know, things like that. Yeah, you know, you didn't have mm. you didn't have these guys that are, you know, raking in the dough in the same way. So it, the, the increased competition is going to result in better care for everyone.
Absolutely. I mean, when you're dealing with a socialist system like the VA, you really pretty much have to count on people being just self-motivated. I mean, you really right. have to count and, on those doctors really wanting to do the right thing. And the people in those systems, to me, are going to be the people that are most self-motivated. You're, you're going to see the, the, the best thing you in can see. In the VA? In, in, in medicine in general. I think that people get in medicine, by and large, because they want to help people and not because they want to get rich or whatever, especially when you're talking about nurses and physicians assistants and people like that. Those people want very much to help people because they could go do anything mm-hmm. and make the same kind of money and they choose to do what they choose to do so you you have uh, you know this subset of people that want very badly to help people and they're not going to be incentivized in the right way so you're going to you're going to have these two opposing forces and i think that their drive to help people right that they could rise above the lack of incentive is much is really, better than most people in most industries right it's really However, a compliment to them it's still a problem Right, if they had the extra incentive that uh, the free marketplace would give them with co- competition in the marketplace and, and the various other you know, customer service, you're wanting people to be satisfied and things like that. If you actually had the different market signals that would be coming in to a free market organization, then they would be even better performers than they currently are today. So the, the free market sets the bar higher and higher as there are various different entities competing. You know, it's funny. I was talking with a guy one, once, and he was uh, his wife was sick, and he said, and "This guy is a real intense researcher, and he researched the hospitals in this area, New England, that had the lowest infection rates, and and he found one in the Boston area. So, you know, he went, he took his wife there, and and he he observed that that, that this particular hospital, they would greet you in the parking lot, and and try to figure out what you needed, and try to expedite you if if need be." And when he went in the hospital, people were wiping off the doorknobs. I mean, it was really, really a well-run, well-kept hospital. Mm-hmm. And yet he was also kind of espousing maybe that that, uh, that socialist health care should come to this country. And I said, well, do you really think they're going to do all that if no. it's run by the government? And he thought for a second, and then I never heard another word exactly about let's, it again from him. Let's go to Norway and talk to Zigard or Zigard. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but you're on the air. Oh, well, close enough, you know. Uh, Which one was it? Well, Vegard is the correct one. Vegard, Vegard. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you were asking about socialized medicine, right? Yes, sir. And um, in Norway, there's um, there's like complete socialized one-payer healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I happen to work in a hospital, so I know a bit, little bit about it. Ah, do tell. And it is horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Uh, Give me some examples. Is it, the waste is complete in 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 all parts of the chain, right? Um. One thing they did here in Norway to sort of make the hospitals better was to to um, get in this uh, phony pricing system, right? So, mm-hmm. so you you sort of put a price on the head of a patient. Okay. And then they go through the system, and and the the, the uh, hospitals are sort of operating in a market-like way. So you, you you want to get the benefits of efficiency and stuff like that. Problem, of course, is that the government can't price anything. So right, they don't uh, have market <laughs> signals. No, not at all, right? So what they do is they, uh, at the first consultancy, they put a diagnosis on the patient, and that amount is attached attached to the to the patient, and that follows him around the system, no matter what complications you get further on, right? So if you come in for a cold and then you end up with uh, three counts of ca- cancer, <laughs> the hospital gets paid for a cold. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty crazy, oh and, my and then gosh. they get their budgets adjusted like that. But, uh, wow. you know, I, I wanted to address uh, some, a few of the things you, you were talking about Please. because um, you, you have a few misconceptions about it as well. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I agree with you completely. 
with the, I'm, I mean, the free staters. So, <laughs> but um, what, I are, think the what are the misconceptions? Yeah, the motivation of the doctors in the hospitals, I think, are just fine. Uh, you know, they, they are they're, they're well paid and all of that, and and they're sort of paid for performance, and and they have sort of the same signals within the hospital. So they they sort of have the same motivation in their daily work. Problem is perhaps the hospitals in in themselves that they they don't need to compete for the customers, right? So right, well, right, because they're, pl- they're trying to please the hospital and not the patient. Right. If if I if I felt like yeah. there was the, you know a, the worst section of this whole thing would probably be the administration of the hospitals because you know the pencil pushers That's don't horrible. have they don't have a tendency to be feet on the ground right in front of the patient and they right. they likely didn't get into their industry because they love their industry. Yeah. They're they're there, you know it's a bureaucratic as a job. job. Now the the doctors. They, one of the other ways their major restriction is that they, uh, they've been assigned, essentially, by the state. And I know you're calling from Norway, so if you want to call back and continue, your, uh, I would love to hear more about what you had to say about our misconceptions. So you're welcome to hold through the news or call back right, okay. before, uh, you know, right before we start the next hour, because I'd love to continue this conversation. Let's put him back on hold, see what he wants to do there. So we'll continue talking about this. But one of the other things is that you know, the doctors are assigned. You've got to be here and work here. You can't just strike out on your own and create your own practice in a situation like that. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. It's the Thanksgiving Eve version of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. We go right back into them. Zegard is on the line uh, with us from Norway, and uh, you're telling us, we've been talking about socialist health care and many of the problems that are inherent with socialist health care, one of the, of course, main ones is the fact that the socialist system is one size fits all. It's whatever the government says goes. If you don't like it, well, too flipping bad. Uh, of course, government uh, socialist health care systems are completely isolated from any sort of market signals. As you were telling us there in Norway, they uh, some, some pricing board of bureaucrats arbitrarily picks numbers out of thin air and then assigns uh, whatever they dis- determine a value of some particular patient's problem to be to that particular patient, which of course is based on nothing but them just arbitrarily picking a number. They have no way of knowing what real value is in the marketplace because they've never actually sold anything in the market. Buyers and sellers have never met. Prices have never been determined. So they just pick numbers and, and, and apply them. And and as you were talking, uh, pointing out that that results in uh, somebody, the, the, the way the system is, is if somebody comes in with a cold, they assign them whatever the cold number is, uh, the amount. Uh, for what the the hospital will be paid for for taking care of that patient, but then if they uh, they find out there are other problems with that patient, they never get any new numbers assigned to them. They're 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 stuck with the original amount. I mean, that's one of the, I'm sure of the many problems with the the arbitrary pricing system. That's true, and that's yeah, typical. You know, bureaucrats have to keep it simple. That's true, and that's typical of of virtually every government program, whether it's central banking or whatever. There's it's a ham-handed, top-down, one-size-fits-all policy, and they don't work. 
Now, Zigod, you say you actually uh, you're working in a hospital, so you've got real close connection with this socialist system. You have a lot. You had a few other things you wanted to tell us about as far as our misconceptions about socialist health care. And of course, I'm sure it differs slightly from country to country. But what are some of the other things we've gotten wrong? Please go ahead and uh, correct hmm. us. Well, one of the things you were mentioning before was that you know you'd be insured uh, the cheapest possible health care, right? And um, had had an example at my hospital the other day. What what it turns out is that uh, actually the doctors don't have to think about cost control at all. So they will always choose the most expensive solution. Hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. not rational, but it actually goes the other way because uh, you know they want to work with the nicest equipment and stuff like that. There's no economy in it. So so um, you know uh, it's not rational as you this say. Is, but this is always the, the truth. Other way as well. This is always the truth yeah. when government solves problems, is that you don't have the, the economy in things. Uh, you know, if it costs, if it costs $100 or $1,000 to save me from some terrible disease, we're going to do it. If it's going to cost me $10 million or $100 million to save me from some terrible million, um, disease, well, my wife's not going to do it. She's going to say, oh, yeah, he, he's a good husband. Nice knowing you. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but well, hold on a second, because I want to inject, in, in, inject here where I got that example from was from the Canadian healthcare system, and I agree oh, right. with you that when there are no, when when it's government, certainly the government bureaucracies have an incentive. We've seen it here in in America. Whatever the bureaucracy is, it has an incentive to spend out its entire budget and then spend higher than that so they get a, a bigger budget the next year. So I agree with you. Yes, that incentive, or that disincentive, or whatever you want to call it, that uh, that problem is is definitely endemic within the governmental whatever it is the government is handling. They want to spend, spend, spend. However. If government uh, administrators are coming down with a mandate to cut costs for whatever reason, I, they they come down with that. Then there could be certain things that would would suffer. And I could see that the doctors wouldn't want their X-ray machines to suffer. They want to have the best equipment. But at the same time, if they can cut costs by putting in a you know a plastic leg as opposed to a titanium leg, I'm just pulling ideas out here. I don't know if they use plastic yeah, in a patient. But, but yeah, if they could cut costs on a patient, then they might actually end up doing something like that if they're under orders to cut the budget of the uh, of the organization does that make sense yeah and, and of course you can have these crazy situations right where you where you sort of have one department on on one budget and another department on another budget and one department has horrible economy right so they have to dish their equipment and, and you know run on fumes whereas the other department has uh, you know crazy amounts of money and can do what they want and and there's no you know each department defends their own pool of money right so it's it's pretty irrational all the way through but i have a small fun fact for you fun uh, fact okay I'll, I'll, I'll take it as a quiz do you know how much of gdp you guys spend on healthcare each year no i don't 15% 15% you know of what norway spends uh, with a fully socialized healthcare system i'm going to assume more I would too. We spend nine percent. Your hmm. system is crazy. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. It is expensive. I, I, like, I like private systems, but I mean, you have this combination of, you know, um, uh, what is it, Medicare and Medicaid? Yep. And you have the private system. Don't confuse ours with private. private. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, okay. But you have a private system with insurances that have government um, regulations on it, right? So mm -hmm. they become very expensive. And then you have the the public healthcare on top of that. Yeah, <laughs> the cost of regulation the cost of regulation must be incredibly large in in, in order for the American system to be a larger percentage of the of the GDP. I, I guess having all those private private entities complying with whatever the government rules are 
is going to be an incredible cost. And I can assure you our system is not sufficient at all. Wow, that's amazing. I, that's quite an eye-opener. Any other thoughts for us yeah. tonight, Zegard? Yeah, I actually have. Uh, there's a little paradox between Norway and uh, the United States that was sort of um, illustrated with your arrest, Ian. Yes, sir. It, it is the fact that your police seems very brutal. I mean, you have sort of few, you have more individual liberties in the United States than in Norway, right? Supposedly. But the fact, but the fact that they actually handcuff you for no apparent reason, right? I, I mean, that you're no threat to anyone, right? Are you suggesting uh, that in Norway they would not have used handcuffs or shackles in that process? It would be unheard of. It's, wow. There's no way that would happen. That's amazing. Because um, I said to them, look, I'm not going to run out on you. And they said, well, it's policy. That's yep. their excuse for everything. Everything inhumane they do to people, is it's policy. That's their excuse. I've actually always wondered why that is the policy in the United States, because it, it sort of looks like that's the standard procedure, even though you're no risk or no nothing, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. They handcuff you and, and humiliate you, whatever they can. It wasn't it always like, like this here, though. It wasn't always. It's is that gotten, right, Wayne? Oh, yeah, it's, it's gotten worse. In the 60s, there were some incidents like Ohio, uh, was the Kent State University, where they, they shot at uh, protesters and things like that, but... We've gone through periods where where the government did respect people's rights more, and they weren't so heavy-handed. But we 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 lately the, the the screws are getting tighter here. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate the expertise, and as always, uh, love hearing from our international listeners to get some real perspective on things. I mean, that was I think probably. Uh, that call was full of perspective, I have to say. It Very is. interesting. And you know, I love speaking with people who used to live in the former Soviet Union because they they see things a lot quicker. They're they're um, they're like the canaries in the coal mine mm-hmm. now here in, in the United States because they see this stuff going down. They can feel it coming around them again. And in fact, you had something from a uh, former Soviet, or I guess a Soviet analyst of some sort. We're going to get to that if we get a chance. We've got to get yes. through these phone calls here. So let's to go, uh, go and talk to David listening in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. David, New York, going once. David in New York, going twice. Let's try Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Stephen, going once. Hey there. Hey, Stephen. The uh, the police didn't tell you, Ian, I presume the uh, handcuffed uh, bit that the uh, Norwegian guy was talking about, he was talking about you, right? Yes, when I was handcuffed after the uh, the when the the judge ordered me arrested or ordered me handcuffed over the first contempt of court thing when I apparently didn't sit fast enough or stand fast enough or whatever the hell it was that he wanted me to obey. They were telling me to sit yeah. and stand at this apparently. They were telling me to sit but also suggesting that I stand and it was very confusing. Uh, well, I I have to dig through the archives because as I said I I missed all that. Um as I said last time I called uh, but anyway, what they told me when they arrested me for traffic violations uh, was that it was for my protection as well as yours. That's what the officer said. <laughs> what kind of sense does that make? I don't have it. Like I don't know. I don't have any idea. It's just. An did excuse. you ask him? Did you ask him how you were being protected? No, no. I, I was a good little status back then. I thought I deserved to be arrested. But. Apparently, it was so you didn't choke yourself or, or stab yourself or something like that. I don't know if you had more, but hang on. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Uh, more with Stephen and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the point of the show. Your calls, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and... You can get interactive. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can go up there and sign up for a free account today at privacyharbor.com. As we go back to your phone calls, so uh, we return to Stephen in Colorado. You just barely had a chance to get a few sentences out, so go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Well, okay, that's not why I called. I just, uh, I, I just was listening to you talk. That okay. came back to me that that's what the officer, my okay. protection and yours, when he put the cuffs on me. Uh, yeah. And as you said, it doesn't load. make any sense whatsoever, huh? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> just, just they just tell themselves they a story. Say, I guess. Yeah, it's just garbage. Um, Right. Um, now, uh, the reason why I called is because the neocon at work, I have decided, is an absolute lost cause. I've, I've told you before about the neocon at work. Oh, that's right. You've been absolutely... sort of regaling us with your stories of attempting to persuade and uh, plant some seeds of liberty. Uh, what, what makes you say yeah, that sure. uh, it's time to write him off? Uh, well, he, he's a good friend. Uh, I just can't talk politics with him or anything. Mm. He says that what they should do, what they should do, uh, is they should pass a law um where it, where it makes the auto manufacturers uh ha- have some kind of system in the car to where it disallows you to crank the car if the seat belts are not buckled. Oh boy, uh, did you ask him what they should do in country, you know, what what they should do about uh, countries where seat belts aren't mandatory and states where seat belts aren't mandatory because there's still one. Well, you know, I I said, "Well, hey, how about this? Here's even a better <laughs> idea." I was just kind of joshing him. I said, "How about if they instead Make it a system where if you don't click your seatbelt, it sends out an, an alert to all the police so they can just pick you up. How's that? Is that a better idea? Well, uh, one of the biggest problems uh, in the United States as far as accidents go is distracted driving. I've been thinking that there should be a, uh, a soundproof box that the uh, driver is put in with no access to a radio, um, no ability to see uh, passengers because they could do sign language or something. And there could be a screaming, dying baby in the back seat. You wouldn't want uh, the mother distracted by that, would you? Well, you know, I'd always... No, I'd, absolutely not. It was, it was my understanding that neocons were very very much warmongers, but I never really realized that, uh, that they were also nanny status at the same Time. Some of them are, yeah, authoritarians. And this guy yeah, sounds like they're, a they're soccer mom to me. If if it comes to being mean to people, that's when they're all for the nanny state. If mm. if they, you know, they're not for social <laughs> programs necessarily. Just although, their type. although I did meet somebody from England recently. Uh, I always love it when Ziggy calls, by the way. Um, but I did meet someone from England recently who, unlike Ziggy, is just uh, a firm believer in the state, yet calls himself a conservative. He, hmm. uh, We were talking, and he said, oh, I hate liberals. I think they should all be strung up and so forth. And I thought, well, that's kind of absurd. But anyway, I talked to the guy, and he said uh, – I, I started kind of asking him his position on various things. He thinks gun control is a great idea. He thinks the socialized <laughs> medicine over there is just fine. It's wonderful. Uh, and so finally – I, I sort of analyze all of his uh, his positions, and he is basically what we would call a liberal. Well, yeah, but, but he's probably accurate he's, when he's calling uh, when he's saying that he hates liberals because I mean essentially the libertarian position is a classical liberal position. So maybe he's accurately using the uh, the no. original term liberal. Well, I thought about that, but 
um, you know, as we were talking, it, it turns out that what he's really opposed to is, as he says, uh, the um, the the do anything people, you know, the libertinism, I guess. Yes. Uh, they advocate walking down the street naked and. Uh, <laughs> it's your street. You should be able to walk down. They, they, they should. They should. Uh, you know, pass out pot to little babies and stuff oh, like that. Of course, start them early. That that's what liberals are all about. <laughs> yeah, and, and driving a motorcycle with a yeah. machine gun hanging off. I mean, the, the whole idea that somebody like that would say something like, if they're a liberal, string them up. I mean, really, right there, you know, you're dealing with somebody who has absolutely no level of understanding or tolerance for uh, for anybody with a different viewpoint. I mean, that's just And that's why I like despicable. your show, because you guys... You guys do. You guys put up with so much when people call in. <laughs> well, I thank you for I really, calling in. I really in love it when people who disagree, disagree call in. Thank you, sir. Uh, Good hearing from you, Stephen. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. Where do you go with somebody like that? I mean, if somebody tells you, I think we should string up all the liberals or all the conservatives or whatever it is they're saying. Well, you try to right. uh, put My them in a gosh. position. You try to put them in a position where uh, they, you know, one of their beliefs would be uh, contrary to what the law might say. At some result in them time. being strung yeah. up. Or right. the liberals get in power, then what are you going to do? They yeah, but their, do belief the is that if, their belief is if, if they don't agree with my belief system, we should string them up. Uh, right. They're, they're a bunch of sick people, but yeah. you've got to show them that, look, you're never going to be in charge of the government. You're never going to be in mm. charge of who's getting strung up. So, the, you know, you enjoy eating meat, don't you? You like a good candy bar now yeah. and then. Uh, when you're talking about socialized health care, these people want to control what you eat. So that's you know that that's one of the th- the things that you can always do with those folks. Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to sincere listening on Stickam in Illinois. Sincere, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, I'm in Chicago. Oh, there you are. Yep. What's, on, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I got two things. First off, um, the first thing I wanted to address was everybody talking about how yo you punked out because you didn't stay in jail the whole 93 days oh i don't know if everyone's sure. talking about that but there are some but critics I, I just say there was a few people saying that yeah. and my thing was like i agree with you in the whole if you're not there then you really can't say any like if you you know what I'm saying like you have a lot of things that you have going on in your life that you are a talk show host you your job is to get the message out to everyone if you're not getting the message out to everyone then you're not really fulfilling what you're intended to do you know what i'm saying yes and at the As same time to, i mean it, laura canario her job her what she feels like her purpose is is to be a civil disobedient and she you know that's her thing that's what she likes to do and that's what her message is good at getting out that's how she gets out her message you get out your message to a radio show that you have worked on for years and years and years you know, Absolutely, you and and the fact is, and the fact is, I did go all the way on the court date. I didn't cooperate with that judge, and exactly. uh, you know, he slapped me with a ninety-day sentence. It was afterwards that I decided to mitigate that. Um, so I did make my stand, and I did as I said I would do. You know, exactly. I did take like, it all the way. My thing is, I, I went to jail, and I was. I, my thing was, yeah, I found out and pled guilty to a felony, but the thing was, the maximum punishment for my felony was six months, and they wanted me to wait. I would still be in jail right now. I went in jail in February 2007. They wanted me to wait all the way to August 2009 to go to court to be found not guilty. Speedy trial. And that the maximum <laughs> punishment was six months. They right. wanted me to send jail two and a half years. I, I feel Insane. Like that was stupid. If I plan on leaving the country anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. In my case. Was that happening in Illinois? No, that was happening in Texas. Oh, okay. old racist, hang black people. Oh, jeez. Where, you know, they think 23% of Texas still think Obama's Muslim. And that will, that will bring me to my second point. Okay. You have a lot of racists on your BBS. I just wanted to bring that up. Because, we do. Yes. Uh, are you I going in the rubber room for trolls? We're in the hollering about how 
this is my thing. Okay, we're all free staters. We all believe that the government is bad in every facet, that politicians are none but liars, and this, and the third. So, by that thing, by that being said, you have a lot of people going on there saying, oh, I don't think Obama went to Columbia. I don't think Obama was born in this country. It wouldn't matter whether Obama really graduated from law school or he was a high school dropout. It wouldn't matter if Obama was born here or on the moon. Oh, I agree with you completely. And he's involved with government. He's still evil regardless. I'd like to so point out, sincere, I'm with you, man. I'd like to point out that uh, the BBS is not fr- full of free staters. It's full of any random schmo that comes on the BBS. Well, and... I'm, talking about, I'm talking about amplifiers, though, were saying this. There were amplifiers going along with this. And that's the thing that was bothering me. I'm like, if you're, you're an amplifier, obviously you... Well, hang on, I'm going to bring you back. Hang on. More coming up. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The features include live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all uh, completely free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Now, if you love liberty, you should check out Bureaucrash Social. It's the place for you to connect with freedom fighters from around the world. At Bureaucrash Social, you can share your ideas, obtain resources, and document your activism, as well as find awesome videos and pictures uploaded by other crashers. Go to Bureaucrash.com to learn more and get signed up. That's Bureaucrash.com. I love that term, crasher. Bureaucrash, very cool organization. Uh, probably one of the, I would say, probably the hippest of the liberty-oriented ori- uh, organizations out there right now. Let's go uh, back to Sincere on the line from Chicago. Sincere, you were uh, echoing some concerns, or I guess uh, voicing some concerns, about some of the people that are participating on the Free Talk Live BBS. And as I pointed out, it's an open forum. Anybody can come in there, and you were suggesting that there was a bunch of racists there. I think that there may be a handful of racists, and what we've done to sort of take care of that problem is anytime somebody posts something that's uh, that's a racist thread, we dump it into one particular forum yeah, where I all I read it. <laughs> troll-related threads go. See, now, now uh, it, it, it is sincere. You're going in the rubber room for trolls? No, no, this is, okay. this is in issues. This is in all actual right. in, uh, issues. So you are saying that what you believe is racism is people being concerned about where Obama was born? I, I've just seen threats about where Obama was born, about whether he went to Columbia, about whether he really graduated from law school. And my thing was, if you're, if you're a free stater, you believe all government is inherently evil and that, whatever, that you shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter where he was born, where he was from, what school he went to. It doesn't matter. It's I agree. This, he's a, and think about how much stuff I have to go through, how much opposition I go, go against trying to tell I'm black. I'm trying to tell other black people in Chicago about how, yeah, Obama's not to be trusted because he's just another politician. When you mm-hmm. have a lot of people who voted, the black people who voted for Obama just because he was black, which I was totally against because that's like saying you trust every black person that comes along that's in a suit and tells <laughs> yeah. you something good. Yeah, so that's exactly. You hear, which you, we don't, so, like, I don't, I just never understood that. That's and, my thing is, like, and some of you, even your commercials on your show are racist. Like, they have racist connotations, so to speak. That's how I'm looking for racism, but it, it, it's that it has racist connotations because I'm not going to say which advertiser, but I'm just going to say they have something to do with food. 
and they like they saying that something about the new inauguration and be prepared for when this person comes into office, but they wouldn't be having these same commercials if John McCain was elected. Or I don't I, know about that. I think, yeah. I think that's a stretch. About John McCain or Sarah Palin and the crazy stuff Sarah Palin was saying, like when that Clearwater Florida speech where people would yell out the N-word, which I feel people use a little bit too freely on the BBS as well. I can't. But, um, sincere. I, I hate it. I, yeah, I hate you know, the if, N-word. If Hillary Clinton were elected president, they'd be saying the same thing. The, the only problem, yeah, they would be saying the same thing. And uh, If Hillary got elected. Yes. Right. And, and well, I don't know. They, a lot of these organizations that advertise on this network are very anti-political in that uh, they, I think, even if it were John McCain, would would still be advertising their you know food storage options and, and things but like that. But they might not use John McCain as their, uh, their sounding board. Well, I don't Obama, know. they need to stop bringing up this whole, he wants to redistribute wealth. And what did Bush do? He redistributed wealth Absolutely. to very few people and make them extremely wealthy. I don't know. Sure. I don't Redistribution as well. Every president has redistributed. I, Reagan, with his trickle-down economy, redistributed well, wealth. Wait, You're wait, absolutely wait. right. redistributed wealth in some way, shape, or form all, all, people for, who needed it to the people who were just greedy and wanted it. Sure. <laughs> First of all, all economics has trickled down. No society is totally equal. Even in the Soviet Union, you had trickle-down economics there. True. But we're not saying that Reagan or Bush w- w- was the optimal situation. I'm not saying you guys were. I'm just saying people have been saying that on the board. And then right, okay. I'd like, like to throw a disclaimer out here. And a lot of right. states and a lot of libertarians have been saying that, like, well, o- Obama is this and Obama is that. I'm like, well, John McCain would all have us get bombed by some random people that he decided to piss off because he just wants to bomb all the dark brown and dark countries well you know i i would agree with you that some people use uh you know say the the term muslim and they they drop uh, obama's middle name as a scare tactic and that's yeah. it's sort of uh racist and, and in in that it's showing obama's different than us he's different and and i um you know i think that that's reprehensible yeah i think it's kind of interesting as to where he might have been born because they've got this one rule on being president well two well you've got to be 35 years old and you've got to have been born in, uh as a natural States, born citizen but it's just citizen. another political distraction, Mark. I mean, that's all that really is. It's just exactly. something for people to feed on and think that that's somehow important, whereas exactly what uh, Sincere says is if it turns out that Obama was, you know, not qualified and they kick him out of office, then he'll just be replaced by Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton or whatever other power-mongering sicko uh, that they would put in instead. So really, it's exactly. irrelevant who the president is. But uh, but I'd like to put throw a disclaimer out uh, about the Free Talk Live BBS. I am with you. I don't appreciate the N-word being used there. It's one of the reasons why I have a no-racism policy on the forum. However, what we found was that if you ban the people that are being racist, they just find ways around the bans, and they come back, and they come back. And then, you just, then you're in this endless process of trying to continually ban these people over and over again. Right. The, the, so, the BBS generates I'm not no... I'm much because I use the N-word continuously because I'm black, and, you know, it's just... I was raised around it, like everyone said it. My mom, my dad, my grandmother, everyone, like everybody. And I'd also like to say... My thing is, as a white person, if you're, like, I I don't understand why everybody feels like... I I use the term internet gangster, internet thugs, where you just, oh, I can say this word because I'm on the internet and no one will say... My Mm. thing is, I really don't give those people much credit to any argument they put up because... I know these same people would never yell it in the room full of black people. Absolutely. They would never use it anywhere outside of the comfort of very, very close friends. Right. What we have done, I'd like to point out that what we've done to allow people to help sculpt their BBS-going experience at (laughs) bbs.freetalklive.com is we do have ignore buttons, so people can click ignore on anybody they don't want to hear. Uh, You can also, if you create a thread and you are an amplifier, you have the ability to delete unwanted replies. So if somebody starts uh, replying in ways that you don't think are appropriate, you can just delete those replies from your thread, and eventually they'll give up because they don't want to spend all that time replying. 
playing if they're just going to have their, their words deleted uh, right out from under them. So we've got some things that are in place that will sort of help mitigate that. Plus we have the troll zone where if, a, if a, an offensive threat is identified, it will be dropped into that troll zone to try to help keep the, the forum as, as clean as possible. But you know, I'd like to come to the defense of some of the people that are talking about the things that you are concerned with here, about the, you know, the, this minutia about um, Obama, for instance. And I think that what you're looking at, it, you, you said that the, some of them were amplifiers. You didn't say that the racists were amplifiers. You just said that some of the people that were caught up on like where Obama was born is, are amplifiers. Am I correct in, in that yeah, you're very analysis? Correct. Okay, so I'd like to come to the defense of these folks. In order to become a Free Talk Live amplifier, you don't have to be a free stater. And I think you use the term free stater sort of interchangeably with somebody that loves liberty. And it's, there is a clear difference. Um, well, that's true. That's true. So in order to be an amplifier, all you have to do is appreciate what we're doing on this show and think that it's good and want to help support us, and then you get behind us. There's no litmus test or anything like that to become an amplifier beyond the fact that whether you have $3 in your PayPal account or not at the time. So so I think what you might be seeing is people that are sort of new, maybe, to uh, the, the, the realm of liberty. And when you're new to liberty, you don't necessarily have a total grasp on all of the concepts and the principles and the ideas. And you might still be caught up in some of the, you know, the old factors of what you used to believe in. I mean, Mark, you, for a long time, were really holding on to the Republican Party and you, I mean, you were a drug warrior when you started on this show, just as an example. Well, if, if you consider somebody who doesn't, who's, th- you know, like, yeah, I guess I didn't even think marijuana should be legalized, really. Right, right. You? So you might have understood, I mean, when Mark, you came Mark, on... Mark, I can't believe Mark was a drug warrior. Isn't it crazy? So no, I, I mean, know. How I you just, go to prison for that long and still be a drug warrior? Like It's madness, just, isn't it? I don't, I don't get it myself, <laughs> but it's just, I'm give, using him as an example of somebody who, in the very beginning, you might have been, might, Mark, you might have been able to see what liberty kind of was, like, get the principle in your head, you might have understood it. I understood really, small government. Right, you didn't really understand the the application, and you might have been more caught up with some of the political things, like, oh, how many houses do, does McCain have versus Obama have, or whatever some of these distractions are, where was Obama born, where was McCain born, whatever oh, all that nonsense that, is. That, that brings up nothing. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, Obama's going to legalize all drugs. Obama's probably smoking a butt right now. I'm like, does anybody remember the fact that Senator McCain was a drug, was a pill popper like Rush Limbaugh was? I mean, yes, like, yes. no one brings these things up. Nobody's, like, yeah, nobody's even talking. Obama or McCain, neither of them mentioned drugs in their campaigns, and they're total, obviously, drug warriors. If he was interested in legalizing anything, he would have brought it up during his campaign and gotten a lot exactly. of support, I think, for it. I thank you, Sincere, for the call tonight and the discussion. Always good hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL C. AI toll-free line, and if you're on the line, we will try to get to you here in moments. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak you in here in these remaining moments. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. We're coming up on Black Friday. The day after Thanksgiving is the day when everybody goes crazy and goes mm-hmm. to the mall and Best Buy and Circuit City and all the other various different retail out there, and they stand in line I at want, I want, five, I want. six mm-hmm. in the morning. It's an amazing thing to experience, uh, but, but why bother? I mean, you can get a better deal online, most likely. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Go and check out the prices there. See the selection. It's huge. 41 categories in which to shop, including groceries. I mean, they really have almost everything you need in life now at Amazon.freetalklive.com. 41 categories. Used items. So you need, need to save a few 
few bucks but still feel like you got to buy some gifts for people, buy them used. Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So thank you in advance for doing your holiday shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Oh, and if you need computer parts this holiday season or any time, you can go to Newegg.FreeTalkLive.com. We don't make as much off the Newegg link, so if you're going to buy electronics, try to buy them from, uh, from Amazon. They probably have a better price anyway. But as far as computer parts are concerned, Newegg.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, we continue with your calls, and we go to AB in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. AB. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Oh, um, I was going to, I was listening to your podcast yet from yesterday. Yes. And you were talking about the gay marriage amendment that passed in California. Um, it was worded slightly different, well, a lot differently than the one in Florida. And I wanted to get your opinion on it. I wanted to um, read it to you real quick. Okay. Um, it says, in so much as marriage is the legal union of only one man and one woman as husband and wife, no other legal union that is treated as marriage or the substantial equivalent thereof shall be valid or recognized. And um, I-, I was planning on getting married without a marriage license, um, but the way this amendment that just passed was worded, it looks like if you don't get a marriage license, not only because in Florida the pastor could go to jail for marrying someone without a license, hmm. um, now it's, well, we're not even going to consider you married, and we're not going to allow you to get any of the benefits or anything, even though you're a heterosexual couple that got married. So um, I was wondering if, like, I could get your opinion on pretty much the thing that was bugging me was the phrase legal union. Well, that's the problem, is that people are waiting for the blessing of government to, uh, for government to bless their marriage, that they don't understand that a marriage is supposed to be a private contract between two people. And, and the fact that they, they've given uh, the blessing of marriage or the, uh, the authority over marriage to government is, is really the inherent problem here, don't you think? Well, yes. Um, I, I've been trying to tell people, like, when they were trying to push this through in Florida that this shouldn't even be an issue for a Christian. They should be complaining, saying, well, why is the government saying you have to, uh, have a you license. Have to ask for permission to get married? Um, they should be, but, I mean, they don't, because they see government as some sort of, uh, they, they see it as like an endorsement almost, even though it's really mm-hmm. an insult. It's But they see it as legitimacy for their belief system. Well, it also puts uh, you know certain certain legal, uh, you get certain legal advantages by doing it, especially I, I believe uh, women get legal advantages uh, in, by, you know, in, in the um, the marriage situation. Any other thoughts, well, Amy? Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, just like John Bunyan, uh, early Christian, and he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. And he went to prison because he refused to get a license to preach. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, I do believe that God created marriage. And he said, well, and he pretty much tells us, you know, we are to get married or we can get married. And I don't feel that I need to ask the state for permission to get married, that shouldn't even be an issue. Are you sure it's illegal to have a pastor marry somebody down there in Florida? Because there was, um, back when I was with my former girlfriend, we were looking into getting a non-state marriage, and the guy absolutely agreed to do it. So I wonder if that's same for me. True or not? I think you could get away with that if you can find. It's possible well, that you could get away with it, but technically, um, the I forgot where it was because I was reading up on it to try to find a pastor that would marry us, mm-hmm. and 
it pretty much came down to, well, if you do get married and the pastor married you without getting a license, then the pastor could spend time in jail um, for marrying you without wow. getting a license. I can tell you that uh, the, the, the pastor that my girlfriend approached at the time had no compunction whatsoever with it. He said it would be great because he wouldn't have to deal with any paperwork. And uh, Mark, did, it, did they... It was, same, it was essentially the same thing from on my side. The pastor didn't care at all. And I wonder, you know, there's there's a couple of possibilities there. There's so many laws on the books that uh, people uh, you know, don't know what they are, including the, the people that they affect like pastors. So yeah. they could not know. Secondly, you could have asked some bureaucrat somewhere who, who could have said, you know, bureaucrats say anything when you get them on the phone in, in, in the government that's right. and they'll say that's right. illegal well you, you know they're they're not lawyers right. and, well, and, they want the money and even if they were lawyers uh you know lawyers don't necessarily know the law there's so many laws no one can know them so i think uh, it's possible you know, that's a possibility but just also think about all the tax issues benefits so-called that people perceive with being married as opposed to not being married so a lot of people want to be so-called married because then they get certain tax write-offs or certain perceived benefits that they wouldn't get if they weren't married. State marriage, I mean. And, and you know, in the old days, remember the movie Braveheart where he married that, that woman mm-hmm. privately so that the uh, the king's guys couldn't have a piece of his wife? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're going through now, in a sense. Well, I wish you good luck down there. I think you can find somebody. If you but just ask some pastors, ask your pastor yeah. if you have one, if they'll do it for you, you'll find somebody. No, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> you'll find somebody. Them, will. I mean, if, if Mark and I had uh, had luck the first time we asked, uh, you'll be able to find one. You can so. go out three miles and uh, get married on the water by a captain. Yeah, and you the, can. You might also you be able to do it if you keep the yeah. pastor anonymous, because really, it's just it's just an agreement be, between you and your partner and the creator. Really. And if, yeah, and if it's really uh, a a, a Christian uh, ceremony, you can go get married anywhere by a, a, a person that you consider to be a real uh, person of God. They can, I mean, yeah. you know, why why wouldn't uh, somebody who would be a deacon or, or whatever, whatever terminology one wants to well, use, be able to do it? You see, and part of my thinking um, that I was getting upset with was people were pretty much shoving this down the local church's throats, and they even had sermons on their website for pastors to know what to say and how to say it to get their church to vote yes on um, the gay marriage amendment and stuff mm. to That's make gay marriage illegal. Mm. It's really they, sad. It's yet another they, they issue never... that divides everyone. And, yep. and that's what government does. Yes. Government uh, pits people against one another. I thank you for the call. Wish you good luck down yeah. there, uh, AB. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to David in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. New York. Going once. David in New York. Going twice. We try Michael in New York. Michael, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello. Michael going once. That didn't Michael sound going good. twice. Uh-oh. Everybody's hanging up because it's well, the end of the show. Well, if anybody's there, put them on. Otherwise, we'll, uh, I guess, talk briefly, Wayne, about this story. Hello. Hello. Oh, there is somebody there. Who is this? Hey, this is Michael from Michael, New York. you're on the okay. air. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I was just listening to your podcast about um, money and, like, the gold standard and everything, like, two days ago. Yes, sir. And, um, well, basically my question was, like, if you went to the gold standard that was non-governmental, how would you, like, decide the price of of the currency, really? The market would decide. Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's essentially, for one, you. How is it decided you, now? If 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 it was a free market in, mo- in money, we wouldn't go to a gold standard. Although gold likely would be a medium of exchange, um, because it's you know mobile and and valuable and things like that. As would platinum and silver and all kinds of other things. It's a essentially the market would decide, and you'd have market in, uh, competing currencies of various different flavors, whether right. it be hard metals or various other different things. Labor could be a factor. Right, right. So uh, the market would decide what the best currencies were, and there would still be alternate currencies in effect. And uh, buyers and sellers would meet on price. The internet communication would play a huge role in this. People would be able to get feedback in real time like they do now on uh, gold and silver prices. So that's what you'd find. Well, I'm a commodity broker, so I just had a question. I thought you were going to say that really about stability. Because, for example, let's say I'm an employer, right? And gold is like 800 now, but I'll round it to like 1,000 to make it easier. Okay. So if gold is 1,000 and I had to buy gold previously to pay my employers, and uh, my employees, and now it went down, right? By the time I pay them, then I lost money. No, well, because so how no, would you deal with it, that inefficiency? Well, because you could be paying them in ounces rather than in dollars. Because That's true, and uh, you, yeah, you're sort of looking at the valuation in dollars, which wouldn't exist. Uh, plus, you're also but, ignoring the fact that we're talking about a uh, a situation where there are multiple currencies, and one of the factors that's going to be an attractive factor about a currency is stability, I think. I mean, one of the reasons why people are going to want to save money in whatever X currency is is because they know it's going to not... It's not going to be too uh, crazy as far as its volatility. I, I wish we had more time. We don't. Thank you for the call. Uh, and I wish we had time to talk about your story, Wayne, where a Russian, uh, some sort of expert analyst, is looking at things and saying, as he said a decade ago, that it's about time for the U.S. to break up. And it is about damn time. What the hell is taking so long? We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> night. Uh, yes, we will be live on Thanksgiving. See you then on the uh, and online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 